0: Hey, what's going on, everyone? This is Eric Stewart from Bad Rhino Local Podcast, and today I'm joined with Chef Alex Shapino, who's the owner and executive chef of Alexander Catering Company and Chimpy's Barbecue. So, how you doing, Alex?
1: Doing well today, man. How you
0: doing? You doing good? I'm doing. Yeah, man. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Yeah. I'm excited to have you here because we met at a couple Westchester Chamber events. Actually, went to a, a chamber event that you were actually catering. Tried out your food there. It was fantastic. So I definitely wanted to have you on this podcast because some of the favorite things, well, probably my most favorite thing to talk about, is food. Um, so yeah, I'm going to awesome. be going to be asking you a bunch of questions, man. But let's start. Wow, with, the um, I right got to
1: talk to. I guess.
0: Yeah, <laughs> let's start with um your companies here, and um, tell everyone a little bit about Alexandria um Alexander Catering Company and Shimpy's Barbecue. Um, what you guys do there? Who you guys serve, and uh, where you serve them at?
1: Yeah, so I I operate both companies, but uh, I operate out of one commissary because we are uh, a singularly off-site catering company. So we go to other venues, uh, houses, uh, we've done events in fields and things like that. But my catering companies in general operate out of the same kitchen, but we just have two entities uh, because we serve two different styles of food. Shippy's Barbecue is exactly what it sounds like. It's a barbecue company, um, only barbecue. And with that company, we operate off-site catering. We do uh, uh, parties, but I also have a food trailer that we bring to events. We do open-air events, festivals, fairs, things like that. Um, and I've been doing that for the better part of eight years. I was doing that before I actually incorporated. Uh, so I was kind of just doing it on the side. And it started one year. I've been smoking meat for the better part of 18 years right but like it started one day people were like well why don't you just do this professionally like why don't you just have this product uh and I remember going to a mac and cheese cook-off that was actually done by the Downingtown Rotary at the time Downtown Thorndale Rotary um and the first year uh we won and then the second year we won like people's choice and judges choice and then one year we took people's choice judges choice and um and the actual, like, the, the winning thing. So it, that that picture's on my website. But it was uh it was a great time. But that was kind of like the, the start of Shrimpy's Barbecue uh, because people were like, oh, my gosh, this is great. And I was like, cool. I was like, well, let's do this as a business. Like, let's start this as a business. And so I was still working in the industry as a chef. Uh, but I was making barbecue and I was doing, you know, festivals and fairs on the side, which was odd because it was like, if I didn't have enough work already as an executive chef of a restaurant, I was adding more work to myself and by, you know, doing 15 hours smoked briskets and nine hour pulled pork. Right. And I was like, well, OK, cool. Well, I guess this is my lot in life. Um, <laughs> and then uh, and I got out of the industry for a little bit. I uh, got out of the restaurant industry for a little bit and I started teaching at uh surla in the king of prussia mall so i of teaching culinary classes i was actually the resident chef so i oversaw the whole program um i love teaching teaching's always been a part of my job i mean as a as a chef as a leader um you just that's part of your job anyway so now it was like doing it for the general public and i had like kids classes i had adult classes i had all classes and i really loved it uh anyway someone called me wanted to start a barbecue company um I'm sorry, started a a restaurant with a barbecue program. And my name was thrown out there by a couple of people. And so they were like, hey, let's have this guy. And I went there and it was it was an okay experience. But I got back into it and I just quickly got to re-understand that, like, it's an industry that spits you up and chews you out. And I, like, swore to myself at that point in time that when that was over, um, that I'll never work for another person again in my life. The only way I'm going to do it is if I want to work for myself. Um, And so I created my LLC that month. So I left that job, and that month I started my LLC, got my, you know, got incorporated, did my whole thing. Um, And then from there, I remember my wife actually saying to me, she's like, you're starting this barbecue company, but you're a French trained chef. Like you went to the restaurant school, Walnut Hook College. You have a baccalaureate in science and culinary arts. Um, and you're like, you know, making 15 hours from a brisket and pulled pork, essentially. And uh, and it was like, actually a good experience. And it was great for her to say that to me because, you know, obviously you expect your, your significant other to be real with you uh, on that level because it really opened my eyes being like, yeah, okay, cool. I mean, we could do so much more than um, and so after that point in time, you know, my wife gave me a little nudge and uh, and then we started Alexander Catering Company on top of that. So now it's been, uh, we're actually coming up on our five-year anniversary for the whole company. Yeah, so uh, pretty pretty awesome. But I started that company, um, started essentially my my umbrella company, which is Tradecraft Kitchen. And then under that is both of my entities, Shipy's Barbecue and Alexander Catering Company both offering different things, barbecue on the barbecue side, but then I have a full line. Um, so I'm versed in multi-ethnic cuisine. Uh, so when it comes to what I grew up with is Irish and Italian. So obviously, you know, give me an Italian menu, forget about it. I got it. Uh, you give me an Irish menu, like I can make some corned beef and cabbage. I can do, I can do that good thing. Uh, but going to school and then working in the beer industry for close to almost, uh, 17 years, um, gastropub cuisine was always lent to so many different cuisines. Obviously when you're in like a wine based, uh, fine dining setting, wine becomes your main like pairing. But if you're in a beer industry, beer has so many ties into so many different cuisines. Uh, so I got to experience all of that and then I got to put it into action. So I am verse in a, like Indian, obviously a, a whole slew of Latina cuisines. Um, and then a lot of European stuff, obviously French-trained, Italian, the the um, Irish-UK kind of cuisine. I love the melting pot aspect. Uh, mm-hmm. So that became Alexander Catering Company. And so Alexander Catering Company has 14 different ethnic uh, cuisines attributed. Uh, and then also you know, like your basic kind of um, Basic stuff, but really, it became my outlet for my creativity too. Because don't get me wrong, there's nothing like a good 15-hour smoked brisket. I put time, energy, and love into that bad boy. Uh, But at the end of the day, you know, it limits my ability to modify. Right? You can only modify barbecue so much before you get to that point where it becomes not barbecue anymore. That's the truth. Um, and it's funny because like, as I was looking
0: through your Instagram page and I was looking at all the, like, the great pictures that you have on there, and for anyone listening, definitely go check them out. We'll link them in the description. Um, the thing that stood out to me is all the way at the bottom, I saw that you were also making sushi as well. And that kind of threw me off a little bit. I was like, oh, Alex knows how to make sushi too. So it's funny to hear you talk about all those different cuisines that you already like, know how to make and you're incorporating it into your company now and your catering company.
1: Yeah, I think that I think that's kind of the the draw for Alexander Catering Company, and also the draw as to why um, in the beginning when I first began, you know, I was like eighty percent Chimpy's Barbecue and like twenty percent Alexander Catering Company. Now, five years later, uh, I'm almost completely opposite. I'm about eighty percent Alexander Catering Company and twenty percent Barbecue, which you know, at the end of the day, I still love both, but like I said, I mean, Alexander Catering Company provides me so much more of an outlet for my culinary ability. Um, and it's one of the things, a pain Asian cuisine is something that I love. I love pain Asian cuisine, you know, give, I mean, my wife and I eat sushi, love sushi. Um, but like I, I was the one who turned her on to sushi, uh, when we first got together, like really good sushi. Um, and so there's a, a bunch of, great sushi restaurants, you know, obviously in the city and stuff like that. But like you come out here and it's hard to find them sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. And there's like a great ones and, you know, identifying them. It was always, I always taught the sushi class uh, at Sur And even when I went back just as an instructor for like a hot minute, like a year uh, after I was the resident chef, I went back as an instructor. Anytime they had a sushi class on, they always put me on the sushi class because I would love to talk about it but also there's just something calming about rolling sushi and it's very basic ingredients but like as long as it's done well the sushi's good but the one thing and I'll give a little snippet to anyone who's listening about sushi but uh, you can tell how good a sushi place is just by eating the rice it's not necessarily about the fish like if the rice is good you know the sushi's going to be good um, cuz that's the building block of most sushi nigiri and uh and and all the like, but um, it's one of those things. Yeah. Like give me an opportunity for uh, uh, making a dish, give me opportunity to learn a new uh, skill, a new uh, ethnic cuisine. I'm about it. I mean, this weekend, two days from now, uh, I'm doing a full um, uh, East African menu for an event. And so like learning African food has been great. I did like Moroccan cuisine because Moroccan cuisine is very close to Mediterranean cuisine, but then as, you know, far, further south you go, you get more ingredients, you get more uh, cooking style. I mean, and people think about it. And when you think about it, it, it it's telling telling tales through food, right? It is telling a culture or, or uh, kind of exemplifying a culture through their cuisine. And for me, it's about honoring those cuisines. So like when I did sushi, part of my sushi class was talking about how Sushi, most people eat sushi with chopsticks. well, in Japan you don 't eat sushi with chopsticks. You eat sushi with your hands. Hmm. Um, and then when it came to like eating food with chopsticks, it was about all right, well, you know there are some certain things to do with chopsticks, and there are certain things not to do with chopsticks. you know, for instance, people stick chopsticks in their food and have them straight up well in uh, in those cultures that 's actually a way to honor the dead. so when you do it in a manner that 's not in that uh in that setting, it actually is a dishonoring thing. And so I like, I would get into the actual culture behind the food and not just the food. And that's kind of the reason why I love food in general is because it's, you know, it can transcend.
0: Yeah. And thanks for giving me that tip about the chopsticks. Cause I get it all the time from my buddies just kind of, you know, busting them. Cause I'll just eat sushi with my hands. Like that's, that's just like the easiest way for me to oh, do it. Oh yeah. 100%. It like, Talk to
1: your buddies next time. You're like, Hey, yeah. actually this is the way you're supposed to do it.
0: Yeah, you you guys were wrong the entire time. <laughs> but exactly. Let's let's um let's dive into the story here about um you because you've literally you know built two businesses and you feed people for a living, and food's a big part of your life, right? So tell me originally how you found the love for food.
1: Oh man, that's a story that spanned my entire life. Interestingly enough, um, but I won't I won't bore you with that. So I'll just I'll I'll give you the sparks in its version of that. Um. But uh, I knew what I wanted to do since I was nine years old. Uh, I don't know what kind of proclivities you are or your listeners have. And, and you know, frankly, um, it doesn't matter to me. But speaking from a, a, a personal standpoint, uh, mm-hmm. I am uh, a believer. So I, there's actually a big sign behind me. I don't know if you can see it, but it reads serendipity. But at nine years old, um, I knew what I wanted to do. And, like, I feel very blessed as an individual because of that. Uh, and I had a good basis growing up with people who were, um, in my life who supported me. Um, not just, you know, like putting a roof over my head, like my parents did, obviously, but like supported me, emotionally supported me in the things that I was doing. So at nine years old, I told people I wanted to do that. And instead of being like, oh, you're nine, you have no idea what you're doing. Like, ha ha ha, you know, sorry for you like that's a great idea it's like when a kid comes to you and says they want to be an astronaut you know people being like well that's not you know, like you have to be obviously on rocket science in order to be an astronaut and it's actually just like well in actuality you can do whatever you want to do and i took that so at 9 years old i actually printed out a bunch of culinary school applications um, and i posted them on this little dartboard in my room and uh and then i spent the rest of my life Seeking that goal. Uh, I went to the restaurant school, one hub college, but that was after going to Votech uh, during high school for culinary Arts. Um, I was in the industry as soon as I could start being in the industry. I, you know, worked at the age of 13 in PA. That's obviously the age of uh, being able to yep. start working legally. Uh, and I worked at a place, the only place that would hire a 13 year old, which was Burger King. So, like, I had <laughs> humble beginnings, man. Uh, and that was, you know, Burger King was the first one. And then from there it was working at, uh, as a and, you know, making salads and washing dishes. And, and, you know, and from there I was going to school full time my entire life and working full time. So high school, um, and then college, I was working full time. I was going to school full time. And, uh, interestingly enough, it's like, I got both sides of the coin. I got the side of the coin that is, the, uh, formal education, but I also got the, uh, school of hard knocks in the restaurant industry. And, um, it, it breaks a lot of people because it's not an easy industry. It's, it's, it's fairly hard. It's demanding. It's physically demanding. A lot of the times it's mentally demanding. Um, there's a lot of people who wash out. I went to school with 350 in my associates program. I graduated my baccalaureate with 50. So we lost 300 people in that amount of time. Um, and so having said that, it, it was, you know, I, I wanted to ex- experience all different kinds of cuisine. Uh, I knew what I wanted to do. And my idea in the beginning was, I want to be a chef. Uh, I want to run my own restaurant. I want to own my own restaurant, right? And then as, as anyone does in a career, as they kind of achieve those those milestones, they change or they pivot or they make new ones, I was always entrepreneurially minded. So making businesses, doing things like that was like, this is what I want to do. This is how I want to achieve it. And interestingly enough, when I got to the executive chef uh, mentality, when I got to that point, I was like, this is cool, but this is not that cool. Yeah,
0: yeah. Definitely. Definitely. It's cool that you kind of took the leap and just like did it on your own. And Alex, I, um, you know, I've personally tried your food and everything I tried was fantastic, but I'm going to kind of put you on the spot here and ask you a question. Um, what is like the main dish that like a lot of people always ask for people kind of want to see and try? Um, do you guys have like a group of dishes? That's like, yeah, these are like what people kind of rave
1: about. Yeah. Interestingly enough, um, my barbecue takes the cake in a lot of, in a lot of uh, ways, when it comes to that. what people ask about, right well, like what mm-hmm. people want, um, you just asked me the quintessentially hardest question a chef is ever going to get what's your like signature dish right And for someone who um, for someone like me who cooks so many different cuisines, it I never have like one signature thing because I never want to pigeonhole myself there, um, but when I go to places, you know my brisket. My brisket is one of those things. It's you know this, and also when you think about it, it's the time that it takes to perfect the craft. So it's 15 hours smoked brisket, and I only hold uh, hardwood smoke, and it's always hold old wood. Um, I built my own smoker uh during the pandemic. Uh, I learned how to weld, and I was like, I want a smoker, but I can't. I, you know, I can't spend five grand on a smoker, um, but I have this old. Uh, fuel oil tank and i have five hundred dollars to buy a mig welder at harbor freight uh and so i did that and i i went and i did that and i built my own smoker um and upgraded from like a hundred and fifty dollar smoker that i bought at home depot to a unit that i built myself so obviously there's a bit of pride that goes with that but also uh I up myself from like being able to produce four butts to pr- producing four cases of butts at a time. Um, and for me, that was huge, right? So uh, putting the the care and the love into that, uh, I really love that business. And even though my business on the other side has grown, I don't think I ever want to get away from the barbecue. And I, I probably never will just because I love it. I love, and again, i, I brings me back to the story aspect of food, but like barbecue is life. Like that's, if you think about it, you trail it back to the beginning of barbecue. Um, Curing, preserving and barbecuing were ways to keep meat when we didn't have the ability to refrigerate. So you're talking about tying yourself into, uh, in league with people who are centuries old right? And these are century old things that you're doing again. And it's like salted the earth kind of deal. I don't, I've never met a person who goes, I don't really like your smoked brisket.
0: Yeah, no, you I know? can agree. I've, yeah, I've never had, well, I have had bad pieces of brisket, but you know, when you have that much training, it's like, you kind of can't be, did. and the one thing I want to point on there is the barbecue is life. Dude, we got to put that on a t-shirt.
1: Well, <laughs> oh, I got them already. <laughs> Let's
0: go. I love it, dude. I love it. Well, um, Like you kind of mentioned already, you know, I have buddies that smoke and everything, and it's not like smoke cigarettes, but like smoking like smokers and like smoked meats. And it takes time, right? And it's kind of one of those things. It's like when you're preparing for an event and you know how many people are kind of roughly going to be there and you know what's going to kind of be kind of a vibe, people going to buy food. How do you prepare for something like that? That's like coming up. Do you just kind of get all your ducks in a row? Like what's that
1: preparation even like? Um, so that's a a very loaded question. (laughs) That, uh, that's a huge question because that is case in point, a vast majority of what I do as a caterer versus what I did as a restaurant chef, right? As a restaurant chef, don't get me wrong. There's no, no lack of preparation, uh, in this career by any stretch of imagination, but as a caterer, sometimes I'm preparing, sometimes I'm working with clients, sometimes I'm, um, preparing these things months, years in advance, right? I I have someone who just texted me this morning about an event that we just did um, for a foundation uh, a couple uh, weeks ago. And they said, cool, cool, cool. I'll call you in a couple months for the 2024 event, right? So like this is a seven-month planning process that I'm doing for one event. Um, And so for the planning of it, it's Taking obviously trial and error. I mean, in the beginning, I was so worried about not running out of food that I made massive amounts and I was just left over with so much um, to the point where, like, you have to do one of two things. And I I decided to do two things in the beginning. Number one, give it up to family and friends, right? Just like blast it out. Um, But having said that, I'm not charging my family and friends for it. So, like, they're getting it for free and I'm taking the hit on all that money. Uh, and so like the preparation for that has taken me years to learn, you know, this is how much of this person, you know, like when I operate a barbecue event and they're getting three entrees, like I'm appropriating a half a pound of meat per person split between three entrees. So do you know what I mean? Like, gotcha. And that only three comes freely, of like brisket. experience.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. They're getting three ounces of brisket, four ounces of chicken, three ounces of uh, por- a person for a package. Um, And so that comes with experience. But at the end of the day, you know, like I'm also one of those people who doesn't want to cut it as close. So there's always a a padding that I put in there. It's always like a ten percent padding. And I feel like that's kind of a peek behind the curtain for most caterers. It's you know, I never want to be one of those guys who goes out there and serves food and runs out. Never wants to happen. At a festival or a fair or something like that, if I'm vending food, I don't care. I'll sell out. Uh, I'll bring enough to cover the proposed amount of people, but I don't mind selling out because at the end of the day, that means that like we did a good job. People wanted our food, and we sold a lot of it. Um, but for a catering event, there's much more meticulous uh, uh, meticulous accounting that I do when it comes to how much food that we prepare. But it's always yeah. I mean, like it didn't just dawn on me. Obviously, I got a lot of help. I've had a lot of support in this industry. There's a lot of bigger players in our industry that have, you know, that I talk to and I use as resources and things like that, um, and then for my own trial and error. Business owners and marketing professionals in the Philly area, Bad Rhino takes the overwhelm out of digital marketing. With tailored digital marketing services, from social media management to SEO and PPC advertising, our expert team navigates the complexities of the digital ad space for your business. Let Bad Rhino lead you to success. Visit BadRhynoInc.com and let's take your business to new heights. Bad Rhino, we do digital marketing so you don't have to.
0: So we met at the uh, Westchester Chamber of Commerce, and I just want to give you some time here because, like, uh, you know, you meet a bunch of people at those different events. And just like let our listeners know is like how your experience is kind of with that chamber.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, so uh, again, dialing back to like when I had when I got into this industry, I and lead all those people who I, I saw were successful. And I was like, man, I want a piece of what you got. I don't like for these guys, these guys and gals, especially like I don't, you know, I'm not trying to steal business. I'm trying to, I'm not trying to do any of that, but like, how did you get here? Teach me, give me resources. So in turn, I can also give them to, you know, the people after me and we can continue to pass uh, this on. Anyone who's entrepreneurially spirited, it's very easy to kind of pick that up. And for for that. There's a lot of B&Is out there. There's a lot of Chamber of Commerce's out there. I'm part of four. Um, so for me, meeting people at, at Chamber events, like that's it's the biggest thing for me because I'm meeting like-minded individuals who have not just a mind for business, but also a mind for uh, inclusivity. Because especially at networking events, I mean, what's a networking event if not seeing and and talking to people who either want to do something, who you want to do something with, or who know how to get stuff done. right? And so um, I'm a huge advocate. I mean, to the point of on the Greater Westchester Chamber of Commerce, I'm part of the Ambassador Committee. So uh, I'm one of the people who, when you come in, I want to be that first person there being like, hey, what's up? How can we help you in the chamber? How What can I do for you as an individual, as a caterer? Um, And then, you know, how can I draw business for you uh, in whatever your scope of business is? Um, So for that, it's, it's super important for, I mean, I think any, any entrepreneur, uh, especially young entrepreneurs should really vie for getting into some chambers uh, because at the end of the day, like monetarily, you're talking about maybe a couple hundred dollars a year uh, in dues. But as long as you are active in that chamber, it's not money that you're just throwing towards marketing to be on a website, on a directory somewhere, right? It's money that you're putting in that ultimately could produce so much more because you're an active member. Uh, And also, I I really just think that um, going back to one of the people who kind of helped me in my early career... One of the things that he said, especially when it came to like me starting my own business, uh, and he was in the same uh, same realm of industry as me, he said, "You know, all ships rise in the impending tide. You know, we all, as long as we're all here to do the same thing, as long as we're here and not like undercutting each other or, or cutting each other off to the knees, we're all here to service our community because uh, at the end of the day, it's about community." These smaller chambers, these, these chambers that are localized, it's about the community that we're part of. And for me, my entire business model is about creating that community, creating uh, inclusivity, not just for other entrepreneurs, but for the clients that I take on. I mean, one of the things that I say in every single one of my uh, wedding consults that I do is, you're getting married today, you're starting a family. Well, by hiring me as, uh, as your caterer, you're now part of the Alexander Catering Company family. I want you to call me back when you have your first, uh, when your kid's you know, first birthday party. I want you to call me back. I want you to call me back when you're having your housewarming party when you buy your first house. You know, I want to be there with you 15 years from now when you're, you know, uh, doing whatever you're doing. I, I want to be that person you call because I'm going to give you that localized experience, but also building a community is hugely important, especially nowadays, man. Like we just, we need it more than ever.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, Alex, man, I appreciate you jumping on this podcast, man. Tell me your story about how you got into cooking in the first place. Um, You know, going to college for cooking and a bunch of other stuff that we kind of covered here with your two different companies. Um, I'm going to give you some time here to shout out any websites, any social media where people go and check you out and then uh, get your services at.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. So uh, you can hit up my website. Uh, for my barbecue company, which is ShimpiesBBQ.com, or my catering company, which is alexandercateringco.com. Uh, if you go to either, if you scroll down to the bottom, you'll be able to hit the uh, brother-sister site of each one either way. Um, but then we also have a YouTube uh, account. Uh, I also have all my Instagram. My Instagram is alexandercaters. Uh, if you want to see any pictures of all of our stuff or if you want to have videos of anything that they we're doing, AlexanderCaters uh, at Instagram or shimpy's BBQ at Instagram, uh, to catch all of that stuff. But yeah, I mean, we're always out in the town. I mean, obviously if you're in the, in the zone of, of this, this whole area, um, we go to festivals and fairs. So if you're, we're at out there, with Shimpy's barbecue, come out and see us. But the way we operate too is we'll go Lancaster County, all the way out to Philadelphia County down to about Northern, uh, northern maryland and up to about allentown so like we're we spread pretty far when it comes to it but um yeah please come and visit us uh stop by our instagram shout us uh shout us out a comment or or like a video or a picture uh we appreciate it and eric i appreciate you bringing me on i really appreciate uh you, you spending some time with me
0: absolutely man thanks for the time man i appreciate it